I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're very excited to announce we're going to be doing a live virtual event on October 7th. Please look at our socials, find out how to buy tickets. It's going to be very, very fun. We're very excited about it. Hey, everybody. Episode 209. Pants. Or it's episode eight. Regardless, it's called Listen Up. And it was directed by Carrie Scogland, who, if that name sounds familiar to you, she has gone off and had a huge career. She does Handmaid's Tale. She does, I see her name on so many things I watch. Everything. And it was written by a guy I've never heard of. His name's Mark Zachary, Zacharin. Wouldn't know him if I fell over him. Right. <laughs> no follow up. I'm used it. to see, well, no, I'm used to seeing Rose Guinevere Eileen. I know, and suddenly Mark know. shows yeah. up. Who's Mark? Who's Mark? Mark? Well, no, I'm kidding. Mar- I doubt Mark's listening to pants. Just, just a guess. <laughs> so we open up to uh, Santa Rosa in 1968, and there is a really, really bad cover of Crimson and Clover playing. I don't even, I think initially it was Crimson and Clover, but they can't use that song. Right. So it's meant to sound it, like it. sounded like it. Anyway, I think terrible. those are my most annoying, um, I mean, the most annoying songs to me are when they, you know what they're trying to sound like. I know. And it's, it's, and, it's and this weird mm-hmm. singer comes in, you're like, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anyway, it's two uh, girls on separate horses. They're, you know, what do you, riders? What do you call them? Equestrians. I like that it was in Santa Rosa because I have family from Santa Rosa and I've spent time there as a kid. So it was nice to see that thrown in there. I couldn't actually hear anything they're saying over that really bad song. They both go take their horses to the stable. One of them is like, I'm going off to camp. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too. It's like, I want to know, want to know why they, one of them was changing in a horse stall. Is that what you do? Only to set up the fact that the other girl was about to lean in and kiss her friend. 
who she was going to miss very badly. And I'm sorry, that girl, the girl, the girl who freaked out was given the vibe. So I don't know if that's true, Kate. <laughs> she was given it. I think it was another case of molestation in the cold open. Really? I think the girl got mixed signals because she said, oh, I think my friend is feeling the same way I am. I'm going to go for it because summer's coming and she's leaving. And the girl in the and bra she obviously wants me to sleep with her. The reveal of who this young girl is is good. We'll get to it. When We're going to get there. that to that later. But, we never do but, it right away. I'm sorry. I thought she was giving her the feels. All right. It's this one. And okay. now uh, Bet and Tina are in group therapy, which sounds like my worst nightmare personally. And fucking hell, it's Dan Why? Foxworthy. Because therapy is such a private thing for me. I don't want to sit with a group of strangers and discuss things. I think it helps people because it's it's a different kind of therapy. Because you're you're bonding with people. To each their own. Dan Foxworthy. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt because sometimes this guy advice. is the worst therapist. What, <laughs> some of the stuff he does in these scenes, I'm like, wow. And he then he starts a, to want to hike his price up later in his head. Well, any, with Dan Foxworthy, every single time the scene is about to go somewhere, he always says inevitably, well, that looks like time till next week. Yeah. And everything he brings up is so counterintuitive to what anybody's talking about in the room. And he's very judgmental to Bet. He needs to stop with the pulling the faces and giving Bet the look, the stink eye. You're a therapist. I think the MVP of this episode is Annette, Jenny's friend. I fucking yeah, love her. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, she I was great. I wish she was around more often. She's such a breath of fresh air. Played by Sarah Strange. Fantastic actress. Amazing. And I kind of get their history. They they remind me of ki- they were friends in high school and they were the alt kids that wore like 20 whole Doc Martens. And, you know, they listened to Nirvana and they wore dark eyeliner and smoked clove cigarettes together. That's who they and then they. Yes. I remember back then when when this aired, I thought, oh, Jenny has a friend from the it was sort of right out of the blue for me. And in today's age, in this era, I enjoyed Jenny having a friend from her past. I just wanted to see Jenny's smile, which I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And and I'm glad to see Jenny actually have a shorthand with someone because she yes. doesn't know anybody here. That's what I mean. I think back then I thought, why isn't Jenny more a part of the group or why I didn't get it? Because I was too on the inside. Uh-huh. But it establishes, uh-huh. you know, a lot about Jenny having this friendship. Are Bet and Tina, like, what is the point of this group therapy? What's the theme? Like, insecure Well, that's parents? what was random to me. Why are they in? Because they're like, let's just, let's go in with an open mind. But I was like, why are they, why did they jump from couples therapy to group therapy? It's a big jump. Because, because in the last episode, Bet, you know, that little seed was planted that she's starting to, you know, have some doubts. But those two themselves seem to be doing quite well. Yeah, they did until we learned Bet didn't think so on the inside. I mean, there was a moment in episode eight where they came home from the party and Bet is kind of looking at Tina like, is that all there is? It was something. It was a very subtle moment. And maybe that's just, obvi- well, it obviously has carried on into this one. But now there seems to be a bit of tension between those two. Mm-hmm. Well, because we're nearing the end of the first season. So you have to, they have to kind of rock the boat, I think. And there was a funny music transition because, you know, they're going around the group explaining what they hope to accomplish. And Bet says what she says, and Dan Foxworthy says, um, he calls her out and he says, uh, you know, uh, Bet, hopefully, you know, at some point you can finally open up and tell the truth. And then there was this jarring music transition, and it didn't come up again, I don't believe, but. 
Well, again, um, I think Dan Foxworthy is a little hard on bet. I wouldn't open up around that guy either if he treated me like that. What a schmutz. So this okay. like, first part, this first part of the episode is sort of dancing between Jenny and Annette and Bet and Tina. It's and all it's back, doing. Yeah. And when we get back to Jenny and Annette, I love Annette. She's the naughty friend. And naughty friends are fun because you could do nothing with naughty friends and you'll have a good time. Yes. So they're they're kind of uh, filling in each other's lives like uh, Annette is like, I'm a real estate agent now and they're making fun of that. And she's like, but I'm going to make money. And then Jenny finally reveals that she's slept with a woman because ob- they know she knows Tim and Jenny have separated and that's why she's in the tool shed. But yeah, she, and I guess she assumes and, well, it's a guy, and then she's like, "Well, I, her name's I also Marina. Assume, I also assume that Tim let Jenny stay in that shed longer he than did. one night, which was the right thing to do. Tim, I'm glad. I like when her. I like when <laughs> Annette is like, he's, she's like, tell me about Marina. You know, it's like, and she says, is she funny? And Jenny's like, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. I know. I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna counter that, and it's like, I think Marina's fucking hysterical, just not for the right. When reasons. she dances, she is. There are moments that make me, you know, fall to the floor laughing. I get so much joy out of Marina. Also, maybe she's been telling jokes the whole time in another language and she's hilarious. <laughs> All I know is that Annette is like, Annette speaks to me because she's someone that reminds me of friends in high school that I had. Yeah. And I, and I miss them. Okay. Then we're back in the circle. We'll just call it the circle. Dan's circle. Okay. Yes. And they're lying down. And Yolanda. So we're so I guess basically we have to learn about everyone in therapy. We mm-hmm. don't need to go into it in too much detail because that could get boring. But basically every couple slash individual in the couple have a have issues around having children or or fears, I should say. And Yolanda starts calling out Bet. First of all, Yolanda, played by Kim Hawthorne. I'm Team Yolanda. I loved her. I was her. Team Yolanda. The, yeah. I loved her. It's like we're we're getting somewhere with Bet and Yolanda and um and 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 she's basically she's uh Yolanda Yolanda says Yolanda's saying this? you've you've hidden behind your white your white skin and you pass as a white person, you know, and that's unfair to not acknowledge your race and and Bet's like, you have no idea what I've dealt with my whole life. And it's it's sort of like this racial conversation that's fascinating. But good for the show for bringing up colorism. And yes. Really, like, 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 thank, like, I, I don't even, I didn't even remember this. Um, I don't remember anything from season one, really. And this was so, uh, this was so refreshing to, to hear. And then fucking Dan Foxworthy, he ends the Ruins goddamn the session. Day. I know. Because he's so uncomfortable. This is what I hate. He's so uncomfortable with the conversation. This guy does not know how to deal with any of it. That's why I'm saying he's terrible. Who gave this man his license? And these two license? smart, evolved women are having this amazing conversation about something very real. And he's like, all right, well, I don't know what to say. Let's end the conference. Like, what? And then we get to the planet Ugh. and we're we're looking at, you know, Dana's ad. And for the first time... Marina brings up Francesca to all of us. And we're like, oh, right, Francesca. Oh, is she back? Yeah. Well, we know. I mean, we've known the whole time. Marina's crop top is just a wee bit too cropped. She did start to wear those, like, very, the stomachy. Just a a wee bit. But you're wearing. It's like a halter top. I'm wearing the world's worst. I've never seen you one of those in the 20 years I've known you. 
I would never wear that as long as I live. I don't remember how it happened or how I, I'm, I don't think I said, let me put that on my head, but I also didn't say, don't put that on my head. So shame on me. Followed by a pair of not cute glasses and pigtails and my terrible tattoo. It was just a bad combo. It was I a feel lot. bad for myself that this is, has been recorded in history, but there oh, it Lisa. is. I Lisa, know, but I just, just I, the be- I, honey, this is, this is just the beginning. Honey. There's, we have five, we have five more seasons I know. to get through. It just it's, was a little, it was a little okay. much for me this morning as I was drinking You're, my coffee. Your all is forgiven. It's no one's fault. We all survived the, uh, the early two thousands. No one came out of that era alive. Sorry. No, we did. We did. Not you in mean, fashion sense, we didn't. Oh, like, right. No one gets away from that clean. But what was that look? Did somebody see that somewhere or did I see that somewhere? What like, What headpiece? kind of lesbian I, was I trying to be? I mean, that's something you need to tell us. <laughs> so there, there, there's a few things that are happening in this. We see the ad. Marina finally decides, says, oh, right, Francesca, you all know, and we, none of us blink an eye. You're wearing some, I don't know, you're wearing the headpiece. And Dana, uh, we hear about Twat the Night. Shane's roommates are going to try to throw a party called Twat. It's really happening. And Dana, mm-hmm. most importantly, um, is terrified about having to confront her mom because her mom is going to see this. Well, she has to beat the story because it's out in the magazine already and she right. has not come out to her parents. So it's like it either is going to come out of your mouth or somebody's going to show it to her. Exactly. So and quick, that's where- let's get... To your and mother good for right Alice now. to be like, hey, listen, I'm sorry. Like, let, let's, I'm going to help you do this. Here's the plan. Yeah, let's get in the car. Let's go. I know how to, I said, I know how to dress Republican. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, and also, I'm just going to say, but, you know, kudos to your roommates for actually having followed through because we all have a lot of ideas about a lot of things. Yeah. And they actually and, made Twat the Night happen. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. And so then when we go to see Bet and Tina, Tina's, um, Looking at Yolanda Watkins. Yeah, she's Googling Yolanda. Her name is Yolanda Watkins. I found it funny that Tina made, they had to like make a line around because now like everything in the world we Google now, which is like Google is like the first thing everyone does to find Mm -hmm. anything. But back then she's like, she's like, well, how do you know so much about her? Well, I'm Googling her name. (laughs) It was funny to me. Right. Like, was it new? Was it hot on the scene? Google? (laughs) Right, right, right. And Tina's trying to be supportive of Bet, but I don't know what Tina's going to really be able to contribute. No, but Bet's being dismissive. Like, I got this. This isn't your conversation to have. It, this it, isn't that's your. What I'm sa- that's what I'm saying. It's not like I don't know what Tina thinks she can contribute in this. It's like I know, but it felt also a little bit like, well, she's your your wife, like not wife, girlfriend, but let her in a little. You know, she's trying to be supportive yeah. here. And now we're and now we're back to my favorite, which is Mia. I mean Jenny and Annette. And I love Jenny just sitting on the floor with a glass of water and a coffee. And and Annette is truly the Vince Lombardi of friends because she's like, no, Jenny, you're amazing, and let's go fucking stalk her, and let's do this, and let's do that. Yes. Like, don't because poor Jenny is like, you know, feels Tiny three now. inches tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So and they make I, a plan to go kind of stock Marina and maybe Francesca. Who knows? And I and I love the bathroom scene. It's like it's you know you see you have a net there like plucking her eyebrows and it just all felt so familiar. I think that scene was my favorite scene of the whole episode. Really, just like the the very natural. Both, 
lived in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like also how Annette can't keep any names straight. She's like, okay, what, 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 what the fuck's her name? Francesca. Yeah. Francesca. And she does it with such conviction because all these names are new to her. This new world Jenny found herself in. Exactly. And that's like, wait a second. Yeah. And she's, I just, I don't know. I fucking love it. Also, it's like, she probably is like, if this was a guy, this is exactly what we would go do. So let's do it. It's just because, you know. Yeah, she's like Marina, Francesca. What are their names? What? Who? Where? Like, so then we go to the planet. I want Annette back for um, the reboot. I think she's fabulous. Oh, she's amazing. Then we're at the planet. And I actually thought when the scene opened, I was like, oh, is Kit? Well, I thought for a second she was working at the planet, like taking an an order or something. Mm -hmm. Like, but she was talking to um, what looked like a, a record company executive for um, Slim Daddy, at, who is played by Snoop Dogg. And we all knew at that point that Snoop Dogg was coming to the show. And we were like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, because, of course, he's a fan of Pam Greer and was like, would do anything for her. Mm-hmm. So Kit has an old song from, you know, the 70s or something that, that, that Slim Daddy. It's, 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 from, okay, it's from 1986. That Slim Daddy's going to sample. So she's signing a contract for $10,000. Bet comes in. She's like, you should ask for more. And Kit signs it. When did Bet become a music lawyer? Well, I think I I actually liked that moment because I would like someone to do that for me because I've signed at this point now two contracts that stunk that I didn't Mm -hmm. have someone review that ended up screwing me. But because I didn't have Bette Porter going, "Eh, you might want to think about that. But here's my question. It's a sample song, right? So Kit is the author of the song. So she will get paid in perpetuity. She could get paid a lot more money than $10,000. If he, if Slim Daddy was the Snoop Dogg and, you know, I mean, even though played by Snoop Dogg, but let's say that was the level Slim Daddy was at. It's a, that's a big paycheck. Right. But she's the, but she's, she would have to, I I don't know. I feel like, didn't they? I think she signed away the rights to get that to happen that's what it sounded like bet was like you should get paid every time it's but can played. you do that can that happen i don't i don't think so because i Anna believe your publishing and, protects you exactly but. that's the problem i listen i get it the whole point of the scene is that kid is impulsive and bet is cautious and poor kit can't catch a fucking break and no one believes kit my heart always is going out for this character mm-hmm. but um it's all around the music contract and the other thing going on at the planet is your friend Clive is stealing out of purses and you catch him. And, and he says, he I was just is, looking for cigarettes. No, he, no, first of all, let's back up. Clive is the most, he's the least stealth thief I've ever seen. Yeah. He just, in, mid, in the middle of the cafe and he just, you know, acting as if no one's going to notice. And, you know, Shane catches him. And now, you know, I, I feel like Clive isn't terribly established. I'm kind of like, Losing it was track a loose. It was a loose story to establish your, Shane's background. I would have been okay with it if we kind of stuck to it in a more like if we kind of devoted one episode really to the Clive scenario. But Clive, can I be like honest? Kinda, I don't want yeah. one. I'm fine with it. I was kind okay. of. I'm kind of fine with it fading away, fizzling out. But to establish where Shane's background and who she yes. comes from, I get it. Though I got it. I'm in. I understand. You see, I was kind of falling out of it. I was like, if that was, if we just focused on that more on one episode, we probably could accomplish this whole thing instead of dribbling it out for like four episodes. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, but Shane sees, you know, now, or we see the difference between her and Clive because Shane has morals and Clive is just, you know. You want to leave it all behind you. You're like, I'm done with this. 
Yeah. And, and Clive is an alley cat who's like, I'm just trying to, you know, get by. Mm hmm. Okay, so then we're we're at the CIC, but um has been asked to come back inside because they they're receiving multiple phone calls from um you know Jesus people that are upset that provocations is blasphemous blasphemous. How do you say that? Is that provocations is um you know this is probably like some sort of Satan worshiping art they're show just to them. Fundamental Jesus freak. Fundamental I know, Jesus but they're going to try to shut her down and Beth's, start, you know, kind of getting a whiff of that. That's going to come later. Then we're with uh, Jenny and Annette parking at the planet. This is a great shot of them getting out of the car. And the second Annette opens the door, whoever's driving. Jenny they, opens the door. They Jenny, they he, she opens it right on a bicycle guy and knocks him out. Right. Good shot. And she's upset. Annette's like, calm down. The guy's upset. And who walks over? Francesca they don't saves know the it. day. They don't know who it is, but a Francesca. woman walks over and is like, I think you're okay. Is everything all right? Should I call an ambulance? He's like, no. And it's Francesca. Jenny doesn't know it yet. And you see Annette, but Je actually, no, Jenny does know it because Jenny's standing there and for it's very quick at the very last beat of the scene. No, she, she doesn't. Yeah, she, no, she, no, she does. doesn't. No. You guys, and she you guys. Doesn't. She says oh. later. No, hold on. Let me finish. Annette snaps her fingers in front of Jenny. Jenny has caught who Francesca is in the photo. All right. Agree to disagree. Later. She, cause she gonna, says I, it later. She goes, <gasps> she, she doesn't. She just thinks like, oh, this woman is. I don't know. I don't know. I, rem I, I remember because I, I thought so at first. And then I, when it, she actually realized it later, I was like, oh, she didn't realize till now. I don't know. We can agree to disagree. On that, I I caught a little moment in the very tip of the uh, at the end of that scene. It was quick, she notices though. in the in the planet when they make out behind the bar is no, when she's like, about, "That's I'm Francesca." No, 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 I'm not there yet. I'm talking about at the car because Annette snaps her fingers because Jenny's just like she can't believe it, and Annette goes right in her face, and then the scene ends, and then we move on, and then when they get to the cafe, Jenny's like, "That's Francesca." It was very quick. It was like a blink and you miss it moment, but it's how the scene ends. Okay. Kate and I are disagreeing about something. Maybe write in your opinion. I don't think Jenny knew it was Francesca at the, at the car. Kate thinks she did. I think she realized it when they made out in the planet. If anyone you, remembers that, if everyone remembers, if anyone remembers that last minute where Annette snaps her fingers in Jenny's face and then it cuts, it's quick. I'm really glad that you didn't know where this was all leading. Because I know you've said it. You had no idea that these two characters would fall in love. I'm happy you as an actor didn't because it allows to have like authentic friendship and support that you can get right behind. before it happens. Yeah, we didn't play it the whole time with glances and like. Mm -mm. And you're also not. And I, what I like about the friendship is that you're also not. There's still sort of a formality not a formality i guess it's you know what it is you two don't bro down together that makes sense oh god like no. you're not you're not overly comfortable with each other mm -mm. so it's plausible when it happens mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i just like that you leisha didn't know that yeah me too um but aaron didn't either and if they didn't tell you for a reason if that was planned good for them because it worked but um maybe one day we'll find out we can ask and maybe my jealousy looks 
earlier and earlier episodes were the, you know, where you lose a friend to the girlfriend, you know, when you're younger, that always sucks. You're like, Ugh. I just kept, I wrote, I must've, I think I wrote this down in three different ways, but I wrote, you both are so comfortable with each other without being too familiar. Right. We're still getting, to, I mean, not get, we are getting to know each other. I mean, it's like you and I still get to know each other and we've known each other forever. Really? Yeah. yeah like I just learned you're scared of heights. I didn't know that. Right. There's all this stuff. Right. Right. I don't know. It's just, there's a fine line between if you're playing it too familiar and then you fall in love, it's like, there's a fine. It had a natural evolution. Well, it can make a difference between with, with chemistry and believability. Yeah. And how you play it. And I'm saying you two, you tip the, way the hat a lot. You would tip the hat towards what you know is going to happen. Whereas these two people didn't. Yeah. Because Dana's, we literally didn't know. Dana's brother reminds me of Rusty from National Lampoon's European Vacation. If you've ever seen it. Oh yeah. That's a good he one. Was, he was my favorite Rusty. He's so obnoxious. I've got pearls on which was great. Looking Republican. We're walking in um, behind Dana's parents and Howie, Dana's brother, opens up the ad and is like, what's up, Lesbo? So he knows. And we're just, we're like, we got to get this over quickly because, mm-hmm. you know, within minutes, something's going to happen. When we get back to the planet now, Annette and Jenny are in the planet. This is how I, this is how I think I'm right, you guys, because I rewound this twice that I remember it. Um, Annette and Jenny are hiding off in the corner and Annette's like kind of putting it all together. Okay, like that's Marina. And you hear Jenny say, that's Francesca. It is obviously, a, it's obviously an added line that they did in ADR. Because it's off camera and you can tell in the sound that it was an added line. And it's because somebody who was giving notes didn't trust that the audience would put two and two together. So I'm going to go back and say, I think I'm right. Because at the very last moment in the previous scene, Annette snaps her fingers to try to snap Jenny out of this like, haze that she's in because Jenny put it together. It was Francesca. Oh, Sorry. and you think they didn't trust the audience that they and would I th- know that was Francesca. Yeah. Cause that happens to us a lot. We'll have like these added lines in ADR and you're like, why do I have to say this? Oh, cause they don't think that the audience is going to track it. And it's like, they uh-huh. will trust the audience. They are audiences are always smarter than we are. It's known fact. They're the smartest people in the room. So we're back at the Republican banquet. Why does this lunch look like it's in the parlor of a retirement home? I would think it would look a little more zhuzhy. Really? I thought it looked very, I mean, I believed Uh, it. No? mm -mm. What do I know? I'm not in the Republican Party. I don't know what their parties look like. No, but in a country club in the OC, I envision a lot of money. I envision a seaside view. Oh, you thought it looked, yeah. (laughs) You thought it looked like a little... It looks like it's in a retirement home. The room okay, itself. Okay, I see what you're saying. We're in a um, a line at the at the buffet, and a woman walks up with the ad. It's already happening too quickly, and shows the Subaru ad. And then her mother and father are like, "This is amazing! I can't believe you've uh, gotten this ad. And why didn't you tell us?" And you know, they're basically, but she's like, but I don't understand. Get out and stay out. And then Aaron delivered the line so well. It's like outdoorsy. <laughs> it's for women like me. You think she's about to say it, which is like that are out doorsy. How, <laughs> how many times were you eating the cake? A lot. Can I, 
can I, I ask if that my was feelings. a point where you like the idea, but you didn't realize how many and then takes I it would take to it. do it? Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what Sarah Shaw, he would do. Like she would always pick at food and scenes and it would be great in the master. But by the time we got to the close-ups, like five hours later, she still it. has to eat the strawberries and she would die. Yeah. I don't think I knew that rule yet. I was wondering. I ate a lot of that cake. Cause you're really it. was like a moosey. It. it was like a moosey. I know. Like triple chocolate. I wanted my mouth to be full, you know, while I watched. So. The best part is the cut to then. This is a really well-directed episode, P.S., but I love the cut to then it goes directly to the bathroom stall with your feet. Yes, <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> um, so and good. then we get, we get out, we wash our hands. I try to get Dana to practice and I try to make little and parent hands. Erin with her deadpan face I is know. priceless. Like the Erin's dry humor, nobody tops it. No, she's amazing at it. Um, but she doesn't. What I love is that that's the last time we see them together. And I and, and Alice really thinks she's going to be a part of this moment with Dana. She's oh. going to be by her side when this is said. Oh, and what ends up happening is she was nowhere near her. And that 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 Dana did it all on her own, which I thought was a really classy point. But it was all off camera. Yeah, but but it was. No one was around for it. It was like it was like Dana stood up for herself and sat her parents down and said it mm-hmm. without the mm-hmm. without handholding, which I thought was great. Okay, and then we also find out that the young girl in the teaser is Dana's mother. Dana's mother, which I gasped. I forgot really? all about that. I did. I was like, ah! <gasps> see, I love when they're surprising. I forgot all about that. You're right. It is a fun game trying to figure out how this is going to connect. There's mm-hmm. only been one so far that's stunked, in my opinion. The rest of them have been sort of interesting. Anyway, back at the planet, um, Annette and Jenny are making their plans, and they decide to go to twat the night. And Annette's, or Jenny, one of them says, well, I bet Marina and Francesca are going to be there. And if this was the real world, I have a hard time believing Marina and or Francesca would be going to twat the night. Why? Because I just don't see it happening. I don't know. You know how it is with the lesbian nights. It's like there's one comes along once in the blue and we all go because. I don't buy it. God forbid we have anywhere to go. I don't buy it. I do. I don't buy I it. Think Especially once to put, we get to that party. Well, like, that, I can, the, that I'd like to talk about. That was an this? empty. That was a. A flop of a night. Especially Francesca just got home. They're clearly like trying. I don't, I just didn't buy it. They don't seem like the kind of characters that would say, let me stop, drop and roll for the one lesbian night that they're trying to put on on Thursday. Hmm. Didn't buy it, but that's okay. 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 Um, But more importantly, then we get to the aftermath of what you were just saying. Dana has come out to her parents and it didn't go well. It didn't go well. They leave. They rush off to the car. This I found interesting. Alice was, he was like, do you, do you partake in this lifestyle? And I'm like, I have a boyfriend. Yeah. You just like, yeah. What a cop. Why did I leave Dana in the dust like that? I Maybe I just wasn't thinking. Cause I, at the time I had, I think I still had, I don't know who I had. Did I have Lisa? No, Lisa bailed on you in the, 
Does Lisa even come back? I guess we'll find no, out. No, I don't. Um, yeah, probably. I think Lisa does come back. I think I, I think I was just kind of like in the moment. I was like, well, presently right now I'm. Back to the Dana coming out. I agree with what you said. It's a smart choice to have it off camera because that was Dana's greatest fear. And it gets to the point because she was right. The greatest fear is that the reaction isn't good. And that's the whole yes. point. We don't need to see the coming out moment. We need to see what one that she did it on her own. She had, you know, she found the strength inside herself to do it. And two, her parents are leaving quickly because. And her mother says they don't want to have anything to do with it. And her mom says, you know, you you can have feelings for your girlfriends, but you don't have to act on it. Which is which was the line that the girl gave to her. Tied up. Yeah, that that is the line that the girl that Kate thinks was giving. All the feels. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, said to her before she left for camp. Dana breaks my heart. But I just thought that was a, I liked the cold open tie in. I thought it was brilliant. Dana's the biggest heartbreaker of them all. Mm. And she cries outside yeah. her face. And there's this cool, like, sort of slow motion shot of her, you know, mm-hmm. which was just a very nice little subtle camera movement. Wasn't overkill. Not at all. And then there's a time cut. Um, Shane's driving down an alleyway looking for Clive. If this was in L.A., good luck, because L.A. is too big. You can't just be driving around the streets looking for someone. I believe it was supposed to be Hollywood Boulevard. I was like, where is this in L.A.? And I was like, oh, it must be like that sort of I thought it was really more touristy of the seat- part. It was more of the seedy parts of Santa Monica Boulevard as you drive a little further east, I think. I've never seen it looked at. I think, I think they used Hollywood Boulevard. There were like, there were souvenir shops and stuff. Anyway, I'm not sure where that storyline came from. I kind of wish it got deeper in it, but point is he gets kicked out. Um, He's clearly by, by her roommates. He's clearly strung out. And um, you know what it is? This whole thing just came out of left field for me. Well, the only thing that tied up for me was you said you gave him some money and then he said, I, I set you up. Now you're going to be huge. It was all, I introduced you to Harry mm-hmm. and now, you know, basically like you're cutting Madonna's hair now. It's all because of me. And you go, thanks. Like it, that's the only thing I got out of the scene. I think what the point was is to show that if Shane didn't get her act together, Clive represents what Shane would have become. Well, I, and you were, I guess, also. Yeah, but he seems a little too deep in it now. She, like we said, we, she, you know, she had a, she had a business plan. She was like, I got this for six months. Yeah. And then I'm going to, you know, advance. Mm-hmm. Whereas he is just kind of just like, he fell into the rut of it. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, then so we're in the that. bathroom with Annette, obviously in Tim's house. Does the tool shed not have a bathroom? I also wanted to know that. No. Because does that does, mean no, Jenny it, has to like yes. knock on the door every time she has to take a shower yes. or that's yes. uncomfortable. That's that's I, hard. I mean, like he's letting her stay there, but he, she's still very much a part of the main house. Well, she also has to use the kitchen because there's not a kitchen in the tool exactly. shed. Exactly. So, I mean, you kind of got to give it to, to Tim. That's all. I, I don't know if I could do that. If they put a cap on the amount of time. 
I know, but I'd have to have like a cat. I'm not feeling a, a time cat here. I'm feeling like, is this just where Jenny's going to live now? Well, I guess the time cap is the end of the season, which is quickly approaching. Right. And then she ends up taking over the house, right? We'll get yeah, there, next, but yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So now we're, it's the next morning and Bet is shooing away the Puritans um, from the art gallery. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's nighttime again, which is a weird cut because we just have wow. that one bet thing and yeah. then boom, here we are. It's twat the night and it's fucking dead. No one's there. <laughs> no one's there. And what, was that supposed to look like that? That is kind of funny now that I think about it. What? What's funny? That it was empty. Yeah, it was a failure. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel bad for your roommates. They really put put a lot into it. With the flyers and then like did you see it was like a big vagina you had to walk through yeah at the front I did. door it's a bummer. and then the three of us are sitting at a table and i remember putting those i remember they had the glow sticks all over the place and i remember putting those things in aaron's hair just to see how I many remember would stay all on that. her that would stay i remember that scene and we were like oh, i remember shooting that whole scene and it felt like three friends are really hanging out yeah i would have enjoyed if shane maybe brought up i'm worried if they were going to be able to pay their rent this month because <laughs> they you know they had to go buy all those supplies they probably rented the club for the night thinking they'd get ticket sales well shane is too busy you know reading into her mother's subtext and you know shane's superpower is that she's yoda remember that like that's the whole point yeah i'm talking scene. about your roommates i'm talking about your roommates that you would yeah, have then, worried. I would have enjoyed you bringing up that you're worried if they're going to pay the rent. Then we're getting too much in the weeds for logistics for the L word. Just things I think about. But I hear you. I don't disagree. And then, oh, Alice is just blown away that you're that Shane's going to be cutting Sherry Jaffe's hair. Like this is it. Yeah, this is the you, break. You, Madonna you, wasn't, but Sherry Jaffe is. You even say Alice says she's the coolest person in Hollywood that doesn't have a job. Job. And then you but say you've cut is, Madonna's hair. I know. And we kind of went like, oh, that's cool. Anyway, Sherry Jack. And you all, wow. And also Alice gives some good, sh- uh, gives some good uh, foreshadowing because she says, you know, she can ra- make you, but she could also break you. Mm-hmm. And at the time. Alice knows everything. I don't believe we had the next script. So it's not like I knew what the hell you were talking about. I just thought it was a line. Because we would get the scripts. One at a time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've been hearing about Sherry Jaffe since episode six or something. So it's been a real big buildup. Right. Oh, yeah. Not like a musical icon like Madonna. <laughs> no, no. It's all about <laughs> Sherry Jaffe. Okay. So we're back in this group therapy session. And Yolanda and Bet are arguing about blackness. And then Bette pulls out her book of poetry and was like, well, why, why do you, oh, because the woman is like, you bury your blackness. And then Bette's like, why do you bury being a lesbian? Which is and not cool. And then like, I no, didn't I'm bury sorry. it. I'm sorry. I didn't Bette. lead not, with it. Not cool, Bette. Not fucking cool. I know. Cool. I was like, not the same. And then Bette also says, she says something about how she spelled in her book. She spelled the word sister with an H mm-hmm. trying to shame her. I Yeah, it was, it was. <sighs> And they're pitting Yolanda. Everyone in that room is pitting Yolanda like she's being hysterical. Mm-hmm. But she, she calls everyone out like, about it, which I thought was yeah. fantastic. Thank Christ. It was a great scene. I was team Yolanda. 
I was totally team Yolanda. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's like, it's, I'm glad that, I mean, can we, uh, Melissa, I want your opinion on this. Can I ask her a question about it? Okay. This is obviously about colorism and I, it's like, it's a current topic. It's a, it's an important topic and that people are talking about, but don't you think it was a little problematic that they were trying to make bet seem right? Yes, I think so. Because it seemed like Thank you. they were, it was, I mean, Yolanda called them out. They're like, she was saying that they were pitting her to be like the angry black woman. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yolanda calls everyone out like, no, but, but I'm what am I, the angry I, black woman? And it's like, she just, she has, <laughs> she was right the whole time. Completely. And it's just toned. I'm saying it's like, I'm just wondering, like, it's not just me because watching it, I was like, this is fucking tone deaf, making Yolanda come across as ag- like as the aggressive when. But I think that was the point. That was, that was point. the point. That's why, okay. that was okay. why it was great that Yolanda called everyone out. And I thought that everyone in that room was busted, especially Dan Foxworthy. And oh, I yeah, hate totally. to say it, also bet. Yeah. Okay, now we can carry on. Thank you. I just wanted to know. I'm impressed they actually brought this topic up. I wasn't expecting it because I didn't remember it from watching it many, many years ago. I'm just glad that Yolanda got the last oh, yeah. last word because the room is so fucking hostile to her. Like, team mm-hmm. Yolanda. Jesus. And then we go back to Twat. Marina and Fresca, when we get back to Twat, Fresca. Marina and... <laughs> that should their ship name be, right? Fresca? When we get back to Twat, Fresca has arrived. And I'm sorry, I just don't believe it's realistic that they would just show up to this dead-ass party. Okay, but they're there, and time. what happens? And what happens? Well, there are seven people there, so of course, like, everyone sees, oh, Fresca is there. <laughs> She's not a soft drink. I feel really bad for the naked extras in the background that had to, like, work I for eight hours. I thought that, too. I was like, really? Oh, God, for this failed night. So... Basically, um, Francesca walks up to Marina and Jenny's table because they're over there trying to look unaffected. And Mm -hmm. Francesca kind of like talks down to Jenny, like, like almost like, Mm -hmm. oh, poor girl. I remember those days after college and it's condescending. This is why I'm wondering if Marina told her about Jenny. Absolutely. They have an agreement. That's what Marina made clear in the last episode. Like, Francesca and I are different. And remember, Francesca's off, you know, when she's sizing the right. the girl right. in the cold open. She's like, I think they have an open relationship. That's oh, how definitely. I took it. Definitely. So, so basically she's like, oh, is that the girl you've been sleeping with? Oh, that's Jenny. Okay. It's like, mm-hmm. that's why Marina was so casual about it. Like, Francesca, you know, like, this is what we do. I love the delivery of that line in the last episode. Francesca, you know. At the end of the scene, Francesca does say to Jenny, I've heard a lot about her. So Marina has to I've yeah. heard, Yes, I've heard a lot about you. Yeah, I've heard a lot about you, but also like, I'm going to put you down right now as I talk to you. Like, Oh, totally. Oh, and, I'd like, like, and, and I'd like to have you victim. over. For, we want to have you over for dinner. Why am I having a memory of someone else invited someone to dinner? A lot of people invite a lot of people to dinner on this no, show. No, but that shouldn't. Where you're like, oh, don't go to that dinner. I'm, I think I'm, I think there's probably other things coming up. When Tim invited Marina over for that. Oh, that was it. Tim invited Marina. Okay, that, okay. But that's a little different because Tim was oblivious. And then we're back at therapy. 
and uh, everyone's in a circle and we start hearing everyone's thoughts. And what's interesting is that no one's thinking about the conversation that has just been had with Yolanda and Bette. You have, you know, this white guy wondering how lesbians fuck and this guy thinking, oh, I have to make this deal. It shows you how fucking clueless, 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 selfish also. Totally. And except I did kind of identify with the one lady who was like, tile. Yeah, I did too. I should really. I I did too. (laughs) I was like, that would be me in a group therapy session. A few weeks ago, I was her having that thought as I stood in line for something. Even Tina is clueless. And bet you know, start speaking. It's like, oh, she's, you're like, oh, is she falling out of love? Is, what is she? Is she, is she, know, falling she out said, of love? she goes, am I falling out of love? I gasped. I've gasped a lot in this show. Yeah. It takes me by surprise. I've forgotten everything. So I'm just like <gasps> around every yeah, corner. That's what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. But then I watch it and I have these memories where I distinctly remember what that was 20 years ago. Yes. Like that thing yes. on the boat. I completely forgot that bit on the boat. And I forgot, and I never think about the bit with the gloat ties with Aaron. And I was like, oh, I remember doing that. We had so much fun. Yeah. Glow sticks, not glow what ties. Else? Also, Dan Foxworthy is thinking about upping his price. And I wanted to be like, he's a dick bag. Babe, you should be giving this away for free because it's terrible. Awful. He should lose his license. I don't know who in the hell that man has helped or who would refer him. Yeah. And then last but not least, Marina and Francesca walk out of twat. They're the first to go. And that's the end of the episode. I don't know why that was the last shot, but they're they're off. The bigger um, moment was bets. Yeah, that's the thing that's kind of handy. I know. It was odd to go back to twat, but I guess on the L word, we always go back to twat, don't we? Or it could have been that situation where it was written as the reversed and then they flipped it for whatever reason. Well, it was Jenny was crying. So that's important, too. True. Was she crying? She was she was weepy over them walking out. Yeah. Or right when Francesca was talking to her, inviting her. Well, when Francesca was was talking to her, I mean, the embarrassment, she was like wiping away. I know. And there you have it. Anyways, that was the episode. That was it. That was listen up. And listen up, everybody. We've got a couple left with our recapping. And Kate, we're going to go back to normal podcasting, which is, you know, shooting the shit, which I got to say, I'm excited to do. We just need a break. Otherwise, it's too much L word and we get it's just a lot. So we need a little we need to cleanse our palate, do some Q&As for a month or two, and then we're going to hit up second season because tech, I'm actually curious to see where this is going to go. Me I just, too. Me too. But we need to give the, our audience a break. Yeah. We, we all need like, yeah, we all need to like take L word vacations in between these seasons, much like you do, you know, watching a television series. But we'll be back in a month or so. I don't want to wait too long. Otherwise. Well, we'll see. We'll talk about it. Okay. So everyone, uh, we'll see you next week. And thank you for listening to Pants. That was a pleasure. Thank you, everyone. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Menig, and Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS. And graphics are by Love Fox. <laughs> <laughs>